Hello, and welcome to part two of the Rouse Review, the City Works edition of the podcast. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about uh, transit, public transit in particular, uh, and some of the changes that we are considering here in Winchester. We're not uh, alone in the ways that technology is disrupting um, public transportation. Technology has been disrupting a lot of different aspects of local government for years now, um, whether you're looking at the disruptive effect that technology has had on libraries, uh, on public safety, uh, education. Uh, you're sh I'm sure you're all aware of the ways the world has been changing. Today, we're going to be talking specifically about public transportation and the way that transportation is disrupting um, the old way of getting people you know, from where they are to where they need to be and how we are adapting and evolving Wintran for better service uh, and more efficient service. So uh, without any further ado, I'm going to bring in Perry Eisenach uh, to chat transit with us. Perry, I think this is your third time. It is my third time. It's great to be here again. You oversee so many things in the city that uh, I think we could probably have you on every other every other show <laughs> and not run out of topics. You've got um, well, today we're going to talk about microtransit. So underneath the uh, <clears throat> the the Perry Empire, <laughs> there is Wintran, um, which for those of you uh, not in Winchester, that is our our uh, small public transit system here in the city. Uh, for a city of our size, uh, you know, having something like Wintran is is very nice. Um, I It's been around for how many years, Perry? It actually started back in the 1940s. What? Really? Yeah. It started, it actually was a private company that operated mm -hmm. it, and then they ran it for a while, and then the city purchased it mm -hmm. around 1950, I think. Wow. Yeah. So we've got a Wintran's got a pretty long history here in the city, it does. and it's been in its current form without any major changes for how long? Really, really since the nineteen eighties, it really hasn't yeah. had any major changes yeah. to so it. Think about what's happened uh, since the nineteen eighties until now, two thousand twenty-three. Yeah, you know, we did not have cell phones. <laughs> Definitely not smartphones. Well, I guess technically there might have been cell phones, but there were those like Zach Morris phones. Yeah, the big brick ones that you know you. And if it was a, in a car, you had to plug it into the lighter, and it was like a small briefcase. Um, we did not have. Well, the internet was not really a thing at that point that the 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 average uh, citizen used. Um, we were still launching the space shuttle on the regular and with varying degrees of success. Uh, so now fast forward, we've got all of this, all these new things that are shaping and influencing what public transportation looks like, particularly in a little city like ours. Um, so transit is one of the things under your umbrella. You also have, you've been on to talk about stormwater. Uh, you've been on, let's see, we've talked about one other stuff, highway stuff, all right. the traffic. Oh, you've come on to talk about traffic signals too, I think. Yeah, we, too. we talked about traffic. Traffic, traf how traffic signals work. Yep. Snow removal. Yeah. I think this is the fourth time. It could be. It could be. I'm getting old. I lose track. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, uh, but today we're we're focused in on microtransit. So, uh, microtransit is uh, kind of the next iteration of what Wintrans is going to look like, and it'll be the f- the first major update to the system since the '80s. So, right. Uh, take a moment, describe what exactly microtransit is. Well, when I first heard the term microtransit, I didn't know anything about it. And I thought maybe it had to do with small, tiny little buses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these aren't the little Shriner vehicles that you know <laughs> drive around in parades. But but they are. Th- that is not what microtransit is. So we currently operate what's called a fixed route system. Mm-hmm. So we have exact routes um, in various parts of the city with bus stops that are are marked. There's a sign at each one, and we uh, we run the buses down those routes you know, all day. Mm-hmm. Microtransit is what's termed a, a demand-responsive system that will actually pick up and drop off passengers throughout the city. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, you know, right now, if, if you don't live close to a bus stop, mm-hmm. you might have to walk over a mile or you know, it's something that's just not reasonable. Mm-hmm. Whereas this microtransit, we will be able to pick up people anywhere in the city mm-hmm. and take them close to where they want to yeah. go. A lot of jurisdictions call this a first mile, last mile system, specifically for that reason. Right. And there's that first and last mile when you got to get to your bus stop, uh, wait there. In some cases, and particularly in the case of Wintran, we don't have a lot of shelters. Right. That protect folks from the, the from the elements. So a lot of folks wait by what is you know what we refer to as a flag stop, where it's just a post with a little a little sign on it saying, "Hey, Wintran stops here." Right. So you might have to walk up to a mile in some cases, maybe uh, to a Wintran stop. Wait out in the elements, which you know whether it's a little bit of snow uh, or some rain or it's just very hot that day, uh, and then. Our headways between fixed route right now are what? What about? They're 70 minutes. About 70 minutes. So you, right. <clears throat> let's say, you know, God forbid you just missed the last bus. You're probably going to have to go walk back home because right. if wait, the idea of waiting another 70 minutes, you might have a – you're typically taking Wintran to get somewhere. Uh, you're not just riding it for fun. So you're trying to get to work or to school or to the grocery store or something like that, a doctor's appointment. Uh, and you can't just, well, I'll, I'll wait over an hour for the next one. It's not realistic for folks, right? It, it really isn't. And, you know, we have, we have shown that we've prepared some different sample rides mm-hmm. at, that would happen under microtransit. And under the current system, it could take you an hour and a half mm-hmm. to get to where you want to go. Yeah. We're under my, under the microtransit system. That same going from point A to point B might only take fifteen minutes. Yeah. So it's it's so much more efficient and mm-hmm. um, much more user friendly. Yeah, for yeah. our residents, and it's more efficient for the city as well. I mean, when we have a on, on our fi- current fixed route system, our vehicles uh, can accommodate about how many pa- how many passengers in our current cutaway vehicles? Uh, twenty or so. About 20, yeah. 20 passengers or so. Yeah. Um, we, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. 
we rarely have 20 people. Uh, we rarely have a vehicle that's at full capacity. There, there's, a, there's a few routes at certain times of the day. Yeah. Like maybe going down to Walmart or to the mall or out to, towards the hospital. But typically, you see a lot of buses with not a lot of people. Yeah. And that's a problem. So yeah. uh, the, the work that you've done so far, you know, it shows that we can actually move more people uh, at a lower cost per rider to the city. Is that right? That, that's correct. Currently, we have about 150,000 riders per year. Mm-hmm. We project that under microtransit, that number will go up to 240,000, 250,000. Yeah. So and, and not unique riders. We're talking rides right. total, right? Cause, Exa- exactly. Yeah. Yes, that's correct. Now, granted, around Apple Blossom, it might feel like 250,000 people, <laughs> but it is uh, – and, and I think currently are the cost to the city per rider is about how much? Currently, it's about, I want to say, f- um, $5, 4 or $5, mm-hmm. but that will drop by over a dollar mm-hmm. under microtransit. Yeah. So it's much more efficient it, for the city. Right. Even though we don't actually pay for, in fact, we don't even pay anywhere close to the full amount that Wintran costs to operate. Where does a lot of the funding for Wintran come from? Well, half of the operating costs are paid for by federal government. Yep. And then around 10% is paid for by the state. Mm -hmm. And then the city picks up the other 40% or so. Got it. Got it. And we've been fare free for... For a while, we we started that in what a little over a year ago. A little ago? over a year ago. Okay, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so we've gone to you. Know, you and I have gone to council uh, as well as you know some of the staff that run Wintran. I know we got Kenny. Remind me real quick. You know, we've got who, who's the team over there on, on Wintran? So so Kenny Johnson is the um, transit operations manager. Okay, and it's operated under the public works division so justin hall justin hall right man justin's got a lot of stuff under on his plate too he does we like to keep him busy because when he gets bored he likes to take a lot of naps and oh there we got him <clears throat> there it is <laughs> he, that's that's why we call him sleepy justin hall <laughs> the um in all serious note this though uh so we've got good folks running running wintran um and you know, the goal here is to, at the end of the day, reduce our cost per rider, increase our ridership, which, of course, will have some increased in total overall cost to the city. Right. But when you look at the, you know, if we go from 150,000 people to, you know, 240, 250,000 rides uh, per year, the cost to the city is about how much roughly? Um, it's going to be maybe around 500 and some thousand, 500 next thousand dollars. Right. And currently we already pay about 400, isn't it? Right. Right, That's correct. Gotcha. So we can see a, an increase of about, well, let's see, what is that? Almost not quite a hundred percent, probably about a 70, trying to do math in my head. Sarah? Um, you're talking to the person with the communications degree. All right, not, never your, mind. not your person. Yeah, I was about to say. I, I think, <laughs> Perry, you're probably the only one that can do math in his head at this table. Well, uh, and that's scary. But, okay. Um, it's about a 70%. It, it, well, it is 60, 70%. Okay, good. We'll go, we'll go with that. 67, we, we can see a 60 to 70% increase in ridership with only a 20% increase in cost. So right. that is a, that's a worthy return on investment right there. It is. And 
the the quality of the service mm-hmm. will increase immensely. Yeah, that's something that it's really hard to quantify um, unless you're looking at those examples that you that you created. So when I referenced that we've we've already gone to council, we've actually gone to the PED committee, our planning and economic development committee, and we've given a presentation. So if you're interested in hearing a little more detail on that, I would encourage you to go back to the Ooh, what was that? That was the March committee meeting. That was the, the April, April. That was April PED meeting. Yeah, go if, if you're in. Uh, if you live in Winchester, you know how to find uh, that information on the website. But um, we are. You can go to that committee meeting, the Planning and Economic Development Committee meeting in April. Uh, go to the the video, and you can see the a, a more detailed presentation on this topic. Um, and in it, you'll see some of the examples, the ridership right. examples, where ridership times, you know, getting to the grocery store goes from taking, you know, what do you say, about an hour and a half in some cases right. to 15 minutes. I mean, and that, that's huge. It's hard to quantify how much that is is worth to someone, you know, in their, in their daily life. But, you know, the fact that we can slash it by uh, – from an hour and a half to 15 minutes. More math in your head. Oh, gee. That is a... That, that, that's a big number. Four, two. That has got to be a... Oh. Um, it's, a big, it's a big decrease. It this is. is. This is why we... Paula? Paula's sitting over here quiet. Paula, do the math. What... what uh, and then chime in in a minute. Hour and a half to 15 minutes. What percentage decrease is that? So... <clears throat> We're, we're calling in everybody off the bench here. <laughs> so uh, huge increase uh, in improvement, I should say, in the ridership experience. Um, I started a program like this in Gainesville, Florida, uh, and we called it – there we didn't call it microtransit. We called it first mile, last mile. And uh, similar concept, actually almost an identical concept where it was – you know, you, in that situation, you either called in or you used a phone. Uh, smartphone, and you requested your ride. So we we found that we picked up a lot of uh, high school students, you know, mm-hmm. and and as you know, it as it becomes harder and harder for the school system to uh, hire and retain bus drivers, and more and more expensive to do that. Um, you know, they've looked at expanding, or I should say, shrinking, shrinking the area. No, expanding expanding the the radius where they won't pick you up. So and I think they're they've just recently done that they're they're about to do that. Um, so what we found in Gainesville was it actually reduced truancy cuz these a lot of these were kids that, you know, if they missed the bus, you know, they they're they might be latchkey kids, their parents are already off to work, uh, or they don't have, you know, a lot of positive adult supervision to make sure you get out the door. I mean, I know even with my kids Every morning, it's a, a shove out the door to get them to school. I can't imagine what would happen if they didn't have, uh, you know, their parents there to give them that shove. You know, a lot of kids just opt to not go to school if they've missed the bus. This gives them another opportunity. It reduces the barriers to getting to school. So right. we saw that there were a lot of unintended benefits that came out of the system. Um, <clears throat> now, for... Let's talk a little bit about what that experience is. Let's drill down on a kind of day in the life for somebody. So okay. uh, let's say you are a, um, let's say you're going to go to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not a regularly scheduled thing. It's not your daily commute to work, but 
it is a Saturday afternoon and you need to go over to the grocery store. Sure. Walk me through it. Okay. So you will either be able to call in. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll have somebody that can, you know, field calls and schedule rides, or you will be able to schedule a ride on your, on an app on your phone. Mm-hmm. And so that ride is entered into this proprietary software mm-hmm. and it will schedule the time and the location where you will be picked up. Mm-hmm. And so, so let's say this person lives nowhere near one of the fixed routes that we will keep because a lot of fixed routes will go away, but right. some fixed routes will, will stay. Right. Let's say they're nowhere near a fixed route. So you will, the, the software will sk- schedule to pick you up mm-hmm. somewhere close to where your, your house is, where, where you're currently at. Mm-hmm. You may have to walk a half a block or to the nearest intersection. Mm -hmm. There will be times where we may be able to pick you up right at your house. Yeah. Um, But then it's also scheduling other riders. Mm -hmm. So this this is not taxi service where, you know, a taxi comes and picks you up and you're the only person in the vehicle. And Mm -hmm. so there will be times where there will be multiple people Mm -hmm. in, in the bus with you and it will pick up and drop drop people off along the way. Yeah. But, so it's and it's using that technology to right. be able to do that. And it's technology that's not too dissimilar from I think what companies like UPS and I'm sure Amazon have been using for package deliveries for quite a while where the system automatically calculates the most efficient way to make multiple stops and multiple drop-offs. Uh, you know, that's how UPS drivers don't do, fly by the seat of their pants, they've got a, <clears throat> they've got their order of trips. They know where they're going. They know where their drop-offs are. And they, you know, the software basically allows them to be more efficient. That's what it's doing for us here in this case too, right? Absolutely. Yes. The, the software is the key to the system operating mm-hmm. efficiently yeah. in the, and um, working the way we want it to. Yeah. And it's not too dissimilar also to, if you're familiar with Uber pool, Right. Uh, where it's again scheduled on the phone, uh, and a lot of, not a lot of people use Uber Pool. I think in Winchester because we don't have a lot of Uber drivers, um, but it is very similar in that the Uber drive. You know, you make a request on your phone, somebody picks you up, but you might also share the ride with some other people um, in order to make the ride less expensive and a little more efficient. Right. Right. That's exactly right. <clears throat> so. What are the next steps for us to get to this point? So we will be going back to city count, the full city council mm-hmm. um, towards the end of June, mm-hmm. and we'll present this to the full council. And if they're supportive and give us direction to proceed, mm-hmm. we will then we, we'll, we will have an implementation plan, mm-hmm. and we'll be working with our consultants. And we think it, would, it will take probably about nine months. Okay to go through all of that, to plan everything out and be ready. Mm-hmm. So potentially it could be next spring. Exactly. Um, where we would actually um, start this service. So it's going to be a little while. A, a little while. But not too long. This isn't going to happen, you know, on July 1st of this year. Correct. It's, it's not. Yeah, there, there's a lot of, mm-hmm. lot of details yeah. to, to work out. <clears throat> now, for those folks that there will still be some existing fixed routes, you know, in our yeah. in the system. And for, 
for here in Winchester, you know, we're looking at South Pleasant Valley, Valley Avenue. Where else? We have Barryville and Amherst. to the hospital, yeah. Got it. So there are going to be a couple, you know, what we call, what we occasionally call trunk lines. Right. And we're going to try to, you know, those will still have, you know, headways um, to them. Currently, they are 70 minutes, like we talked about. But we're going to try to get those down, right? Yeah, we want to try to get that down significantly. Yeah. Um, yeah, just to make the make those still viable, right? Uh, viable routes and and easier to use as well because those are the main lines that you know people still use most frequently. A lot of the underused routes those will go away, and microtransit will serve those areas, right? That's exactly right. Yes, and for you know I've gotten a few questions since the the article in the newspaper came out about uh, seniors and paratransit. For paratransit, very little actually changes, correct? It, it, it Right. Um, you will still be picked up at your residence, mm -hmm. and you will be dropped off exactly you know, where you need to go. Yeah. Now, you may be sharing the bus with mm -hmm. other riders because yeah. there won't be vehicles dedicated solely to paratransit. Yeah. Um, but the, the service will basically operate for, for those riders the same as it does today. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. All right. So if you're interested in learning more, mm -hmm. uh, this I think we are targeting the second meeting in June right? <clears throat> for the full council presentation. So uh, keep an eye out for that. It will be an updated presentation from what we gave at the committee level. So, um, you know, using some feedback and some lessons learned from the first presentation. So we'll get into some, some of the things we talked about here today, but uh, it'll be a a, a detailed presentation and a good opportunity for the public to also come and weigh in if you live in Winchester. Uh, but of course, that that meeting will be available online as well. That's right. All right. <clears throat> uh, Perry, thank you very much. Uh, I think for his fifth time, we need like a, like they do on Saturday Night Live, like the five timers jacket or <laughs> something. You, you've been on uh, four times. So I think I think we need to start keeping track of how often uh, people are on. You get a little plaque for your fifth time on uh, dealing with me on the podcast. Uh, that's funny. Pins right. and patches for your badge. It's going to be a thing. Oh, yeah. I like it. Patches. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Perry. We'll see you soon. Thanks. Thanks for having me. All right. There goes Perry again. It's always sad to see Perry go. He's always so friendly and nice. Sarah, you've been here two weeks now. I have. Do you think Perry's nice? I think Perry's delightful. He is very delightful. Um, and he oversees uh, he oversees more people than anybody else, well, aside from myself, uh, who oversees all 602. Uh, he oversees the biggest department by far. Um, Paula, refresh my memory. How many people are in um, Perry's group? Perry's group. He has about 200. 200. He oversees a third of the city's employees. So a lot of responsibility. And I completely trust that man to 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 do it right. Um, <clears throat> earlier in part two, Paula, you were tasked with something. Yeah. Did you ever get that number? Eighty-three percent increase. Eighty-three percent increase in service. So your weight will decrease by eighty-three percent under microtransit for an average ride. You know, caveats, disclaimers, and footnotes, of course. Um, but massive increases in service. We hope that you found it interesting. We hope if you're living in Winchester that you are excited about this change. And if you have questions, please feel free to reach out to us. 
Um, and with that, we will wrap up. Sarah, welcome to the program. Uh, <clears throat> if you weren't listening to part one of the Rouse review, 